Hello to everybody in their teenage goth phase. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Here's a cool thing. Today's episode of Beautiful Anonymous will have limited interruptions, less commercials than usual. That's because the entire episode today is sponsored by Ulta Beauty. Whether you're ready to run the town, rock a certain look, or tell your story, Ulta Beauty is here to help you show it to the world. Visit Ulta.com to learn more. Find an Ulta Beauty near you. That's U-L-T-A.com. Ulta Beauty, the possibilities are beautiful. I'm going to talk a little bit about this as the call starts because I explained it to the caller as well as you, the listener, right now. But just want to thank Ulta Beauty. They got in touch, told us they wanted us to do an episode that was totally our way, totally organic. They didn't give us uh, all sorts of mandates and things to change. They just said, we'd love to find an episode that fits what we do because we like what you guys do. Wound up being a really good match. We have a really good call. And thanks to the people at Ulta Beauty, we don't even have to stop it and start it like we usually do. So you'll hear me explain a little bit more about this uh, to the caller as the whole shebang begins. But in the meantime, I just want to say, that's pretty cool. Less commercial breaks, thanks to Ulta Beauty coming on board this whole episode. So enjoy the call, and thanks again to Ulta and to everybody who's listening. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello, this is Chris Gethard. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, jumping on the phone today. Thank you. Oh, thanks for allowing me to be on the phone. Oh, no. It's my pleasure. I want to be full disclosure with you and the listeners about something. So here's what we're doing today. Because um, as you know, we kind of put out like a specific ask. You got in touch with us through that, I believe. So we have a company called Ulta Beauty that has decided to buy every ad on this episode. And that's a cool thing. And we always do ads on the episode. And uh, they said, we'd just love for it to relate to beauty in some way. So I put that out there on Facebook. I said, anybody want to talk about beauty? And a bunch of people got in touch with us. We got in touch with you. Outside of that, they haven't asked us to uh, to adjust what we do in any way or change anything about Beautiful Anonymous. And it seems like a topic that we'd explore here on the show anyway. So that's yeah, what's going I'm- on. I've been a long-time listener, and I think it's only been brought up maybe maybe a couple of times. So I, I do think it's great that you're exploring it with a dedicated episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things with it's like, uh, you know, this is a commercial venture. We live in a capitalist society, but I always want to be very upfront about stuff with, uh, with stuff like this. So, yeah. yeah. And now well, you and I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And we can just talk as we, as we would on any call. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I have, I know that you emailed Jared and, ha- and uh, Harry. I, I don't know what was brought up. So we can just start at the beginning. Um, well, I can just start saying I just got home from work and I actually work in a cosmetic department. Oh. So that was a big, um, that was the last thing I kind of mentioned. But um, beauty has basically been, uh, uh, I, I said, a mysterious concept in my life because uh it's it's unknown what is beauty sort of thing to me. I'm very um, subjective about it, especially with makeup. Um, yeah, and it's just been a really uh, 
weird journey in my life, or maybe not weird, but it's been all emotions. Um, and I'm 28 now, so it's just been different every year, I guess, for me. Wow. So what kind of, uh, what kind of emotions? Um, depression, anxiety, anger, um, everything, jealousy, sometimes happiness. Um, just about <laughs> everything you can feel. It's like, uh, it's like I'm still going through puberty, but I'm 28. <laughs> wow. That's a, yeah. that, that's a broader and a somewhat darker range of emotions than I anticipated. And so walk, walk me through this. How does, how does, uh, how does thinking about beauty and is this specifically in relation to, to makeup and whatnot that has, has brought these emotions up? Um, I think as just as a, a woman too, like you said, um, capitalism and everything, um, there's a lot of pressure to like buy this. And if you don't like, you're not pretty or like you need this sort of thing. And even working in cosmetic sales, um, I find it very hard to, to tell people what to buy and because um, I'm so biased. Uh, I don't want to pressure people to buy stuff, but it is part of my job. I have quotas to meet and I make commissions, so it's definitely a good incentive. But at the same time, I don't want to make people feel like they need stuff. Right. And certainly if someone comes in and, and approaches me um, with a, a certain product or, or concern, I will address it. But um, I think uh, since I was I think the earliest that I started noticing that like, oh, well, maybe I thought it wasn't pretty or something. I was, I want to say 12, uh, just like, again, uh, puberty and stuff. I was the first person in grade five in my class to get a pimple. Nobody had seen a pimple before then. So when I showed up that day, it was just like, oh, my God, you have a zit. <laughs> like, nobody had seen one before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So was, right, uh, right out of the, right out of the gate, you're like people notice when people notice when gross stuff happens. Yeah, like your first exactly. experience. Yeah, yeah. And my eyebrows got like really big. Um, my dad is Russian, so he has like huge eyebrows <laughs> and is uh, you know, a hairy guy. And my uh -huh. sisters were just kind of like more normal looking than me, or like whatever normal is, whatever you want to consider what what normal is. Um. We just didn't really look like sisters. Like even in high school, my younger sister, people thought was we were just friends because she had a, a smaller nose than I did. And yeah, I have like bigger eyebrows and uh, just things like that where I was like hyper aware of uh, just changes and, and beauty standards and, and feeling like bullied or, or like you said, um, people noticing things like that where maybe nowadays people are a bit more Oh, I don't know, because if I was a kid now, how I would handle it uh, or how you could address it. But it was just, uh, like I said, mortifying at the time. Yeah, I get that. I remember those feelings. I remember I, my big issue with puberty was that it never happened. It, it just it wouldn't happen. I remember you mentioning that you had a, you had a late. Oh, the latest, <laughs> the latest of late bloomers. I mean, it was bad. It was what bad. age did that happen in? For you. I, I did not have pubes until junior year of high school. Oh my God. Yeah. I got my period when I was 11 and then 12, I got like my first. Look at that. Zit. When you're a kid. Like it was a big zit. <laughs> when you're a kid, being in the middle ground is what you're aiming for at all times, right? You don't want to be yeah. early. You don't want to be early. You don't want to be late. Just how can I hide out in the middle of this? It's like a uh, key. Be homeschooled? I know. I know.
And it's a, it's funny because I remember that. I remember like just my voice wouldn't change and everybody felt bad for me. Like people stopped even making fun of me and just felt bad for me at a certain point. Yeah, I can relate. And like I had a good group of friends, but it was still like I just didn't feel like I belonged and didn't feel pretty, didn't have like a whole ton of encouragement. And like my mom was a bit more like I could talk to people about it. It's not like I I kept it in for years and years. I I would, you know, open up to people about it. But my mom would always just say, oh, you're too hard on yourself. She called it vanity and sanity and still does to this day. She says I have vanity and sanity. But um, later I learned that it's actually called body dysmorphic disorder. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that I had that like my whole life. Um, I just didn't know, like I, I would rant to people about stuff and they'd just be, Oh, you're just crazy. It's just in your head. And, um, you're, you're, you're fine. You look fine. And it was, it's, it's yeah. Body dysmorphic disorder. So I have heard of this. I, yeah. I, I'm going to put out, I, I think I have a, a very, very, very basic bullet point understanding Maybe you can let me know about the complexity of this. My understanding, because I, I, I actually met a comedian who talked on stage about body dysmorphia. My very vague, basic understanding is that this is a condition where when you look in a mirror, you might be perceiving things about yourself that other people from the outside looking in would say are not the total reality. Is that the truth of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, again, want to explain it to someone um, in an easier way, because even when when I talk to people about it, they're like, I don't know what that is. Um, and uh, the best way I can explain is, yeah, like being in um, like one of those funhouse hall of mirrors, everything's distorted and you don't see the truth and you don't, but it goes further than that too. Like I, I didn't like being in pictures for the longest time. I didn't, uh, I just, I didn't like social media. I didn't like going out. Like it was a huge anxiety thing for me, just being paranoid about like, um, what angle is someone looking at me from? And you know, how some people say like, I've got a good angle. I've got my bad angle. And, and I just did, just didn't want people looking at me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was so bad. Like it definitely isn't as bad as it is now. I have my days mm-hmm. and again, it's more hormone driven. So I get like kind of a, in a mood for about a week, but uh, it's better now, but definitely at the time I didn't know what it was. And my mom just said, Oh, you're just, you, you stare in the mirror too much. You're just crazy. But I literally just thought like, no, I just, I can't, I don't think what I'm seeing is real. Like I can't relate to my reflection and it, it's really sad. Wow. So you might, you might look in a mirror and go, Oh wow, I'm I'm way too skinny or I'm way too heavy and someone would look at you and go, actually you're kinda like right in the right right in the zone of where someone of your height should be and you'd go, That is yeah, not true. I've not never true. Struggled with like an eating disorder or anything. I think I've maintained a healthy weight. I actually think I could uh put on more weight or like muscles specifically. I think I'd I could be stronger. Um I'd like to be able to like uh, help myself off a building if I ever fell off one or something. Like, I don't know, we're falling out of uh, a tree. I don't know. I'm not typically doing that, but well, I, just, I want to be stronger. I want that's to feel more, empowered. That's more practical than cosmetic yeah. at the end of the day, too. Yeah. Everybody needs to climb up the side of a building every once in a while. Yeah, everyone should be, it's just a practical skill. Everyone should be able to <laughs> lift their upper body. And I, I have basically no upper body strength. So Same here. I, that's something. 
we have that I think in common. I could work on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more um, like I tried when I, I did uh, end up actually like going to therapy for it and mm. uh, speaking with a therapist and um, uh, it, it helped. Um, and then she went on maternity leave. So that, that really sucked. But um, basically we kind of narrowed it down and um, she gave me really good tips on uh, how to deal with it, how to kind of control it because um, it's, it's, in, it's, it is really in your head. It's a mental disorder. Um, I actually listened to the RuPaul podcast too, and he had a really great quote and I wrote it down because it's, it, it helps me a lot. And he says, you are not your thoughts. And it's, and I believe it. Thoughts can be very intrusive, especially mm-hmm. ones when you look in the mirror and say, God, you're so ugly. Like you, you look old um, or even suicidal thoughts. It's, it's very intrusive. Um, so that was a big, a big thing for me is kind of controlling it and, and kind of telling those thoughts to, to go away and, and, or, or in meditation too, they say, uh, acknowledge them and move on. So there's a couple of things that I did and she, the therapist kind of told me to find things that you like about yourself and focus on those, make a list if you have to and remind yourself and cover up the mirrors or take them down if you have to, and just find things that make you feel beautiful and, uh, or, or don't focus on those things. And then I did end up getting a job in a cosmetic department that requires me to wear makeup <laughs> every day and spend upwards to like an hour on my face. So I was gonna say it's challenging. I was gonna say it's amazing that you've wound up, but there, but, but it's funny because you you, had, you said the word before, uh, you know, empowerment, and I wonder, I wonder because there's you know there, there's there's some aspect to which, especially, and again, as a dude, what do I know? And you can correct me on anything wrong, but you know, from the outside looking in, like there's some degree to which it feels like cosmetics are a thing that are almost like. Uh, you know, like, like it, it, like it's a drag for me that like when my wife and I want to go somewhere, I can just throw on my jacket and be ready to go. And she goes, well, no, now I got to go put on my face. That's a drag. But there's another side of it that I would imagine might, it might be interesting for you to be working in a cosmetics department because some of it is about empowerment, right? Some of that is going, I am going to define my look. I'm going to, uh, define who I am. And like you, you mentioned, uh, RuPaul, there's whole cultures that I think, makeup, oh, cosmetics, things like this are used towards, I will define my look. You will not judge me based on what you see. I will let you know what I am and who I am. Absolutely. When That's why I mention a lot to customers too, especially when someone comes up and goes, I don't think I can pull this color off. And I go, why not? What's stopping you? Like, it, like, oh, my skin tone. And I'm like, if you like the color, just wear it. Like makeup is subjective. You can do it. I mean, put it on as eyeshadow, do whatever you want with it. Um, I try again, try, like you said, I try to be more empowering and that's a lot of gratification in my job where I get to, um, do makeovers and not just sell product. That's the, my favorite part about the job is if I could just do those all day instead of standing around and, and selling stuff, I would do that. Um, and maybe I can work towards that in the future, but right now it's just a retail job, but I, I typically will uh, get a chance to sit down with someone and give them a makeover, um, even, even if it's just for a wedding or if it's – I've had a woman come in before and just said, I, I just got out of therapy. I'm just super bummed out. Can you just fix my face up? And I said, absolutely. She had, like, mascara tears and everything. So I just, you know, really calmed her and, <laughs> and she was so nice tears. and kind. I hate to laugh, but that's such a – it's just such a sad image that all I can do is just uh... – 
laugh awkwardly. <laughs> well, I didn't laugh because she told course. me some dark stuff and that, like, like things that I didn't uh, really pry about. Like, I didn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, with body dysmorphia too, and, and and again, anxiety, and that is is much less in my life now than it was a few years ago. But um, I'm a bit more closed off. I'm. I, I like to tell people I'm an open book. Just maybe the pages are stuck together a little bit, and you have to like peel them, and, like work a little bit. Because uh-huh. I don't like to like just tell people stuff. But when I'm doing makeup, people just tell me things that I just are unwarranted. I just did not ask about. She told that that particular woman told me her mother died that year. She just had uh, a miscarriage, and she wow. started a therapy and was just. Uh, not feeling good and you know I, I helped her feel better and spending an hour like that with someone uh, and they open up to you again without me even really crying I'll ask like how, how's your day where are you going like what's you know what's on the agenda but I'm not like asking a lot of personal stuff so it's it's weird how uh, people feel so comfortable and relaxed uh, and it's just a makeup artist it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like a therapy session, but uh, it's, I find that really odd. I, I, I do theater makeup as well, too, not just in retail. And that's kind of my escape is that I get to be more creative and more challenging. There's more of a, a time constraint. And uh, it's the same, though. Backstage, people will just go on about stuff. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm fascinated with, with what they're willing to share. I guess it makes sense, though. I've never thought of it, but it, it makes total sense, right? That when you're seeking out a way to sort of redefine your look, you are, in effect, redefining yourself, and that it might lead to situations where you start maybe pouring out some of the things that have led you there. That that makes a lot of sense to me, as you say. I never, w- It would never would have occurred to me before this conversation. Have you ever, like, had your makeup done on, like, uh, the Gappard show or, like, you know, well, for men, typically, it's, like, you know, a little bit of powder, maybe some concealer. If you have, like, dark circles, have you ever had to wear makeup before? Oh, yeah. I mean, every acting. Well, yeah, on movies and stuff, too. Yeah, every time I go on camera, you know, you got to throw makeup. And when yeah, I'll tell you what, when you got this amount of forehead, you got to throw <laughs> some powder on there. You know that. If you've done theatrical makeup, you know. When you have <laughs> yeah. this just... You don't want any type of light hitting this forehead without a little bit of powder there to help dull the effect. But it's funny, yeah. Like I, uh, I've been through it a bunch of times, and I'll tell you, I once uh, the first time, the, the first time I did a uh, stand up on TV. It was a half hour special. I don't think I should name the network because um, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But I, when I watched it, like they used like a very um, orange. Uh, makeup on me and I I watched the special once when it first aired and I've never been able to go back because it looks like it looks like I have a spray tan and I'm a pale guy Oompa Loompa that's what yeah, a lot of people like to call it, it had, Oompa Loompa face it had, I had Oompa Loompa face my first ever time Maybe? doing stand up on TV and it <laughs> it does make me just feel very insecure I have a lot I, I will be very open with you and say I don't know if I have body dysmorphia. I will say that I have a lot of insecurity about looks and appearance. I think you might. Maybe a very minor. I think a lot of men, specifically, I think it's found a lot commonly in men, um, just again from doing my research, because, you know, um, look at bodybuilders too, where they just, um, 
it almost border borderlines on body dysmorphia or or could be a form of it because they they want to reap, reach perfection and even men that are built so huge look in the mirror and still go I'm too skinny or women that have size G breasts they go oh they're too they're too small still yeah I know and oh, go for it, it is it is dysmorphic it's literally a disorder where your mind is is warped and you and you can't see it um I was going to say about the makeup, where there's stage lights on your stand-up special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were sometimes lights. Sometimes in theater, they use a shade a little bit darker, because if the stage lights are on your face, they don't want it to look too pale. So maybe they thought, oh, we'll go a bit darker, and, and he won't look so ghoulish. I had like... And then it ended up looking orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I hope they weren't thinking I was ghoulish before they put any... <laughs> Big amount, but but I mean, I wound up. Not I wound up looking like a like a character from like a like the Love Boat from like a. Remember in the seventies when everybody has had like bright white teeth and super orange skin. And well, yeah, I had that vibe was so going. big back then too. They yeah. all just like baked in the sun and were super crispy. Is George Hamilton that was famous for his tan? And like yep. a George Hamilton thing going on there. Yeah, I will. Yep. Say, I'll say on my end, there there are times when I look in a mirror and I'll go, I think I look pretty all right today. I might be a good looking guy. And then there later that day, hours later, I'll look in the same mirror and go, man, I'm I'm a hideous monster. I'm a hideous monster. That's what I am. A monster. Man. Yep, I can relate. I have some good days, and I'm like, or I catch a nice angle, and I'm like, oh damn. And then <laughs> uh, later on, I'm just like, oh my god, what? Uh, and it's. Again, I'm at an, kind of an age now, and oh well, I don't know if it was an epiphany, but I just had a, a point where I'm like, I'm getting too old to care, and just who cares? And literally, I was not able to leave the house without makeup on, even if it was just to go to the post office, uh, which was like a five minute walk. I couldn't do anything. I ordered food a lot. I just couldn't go out. And uh, I wanted to mention too the biggest part with. Me too. Is um, not only on top of already having body dysmorphia. I my nose was broken when I was fifteen. I was assaulted in a mosh oh, pit. Wow. There you go. Yep. Mosh and I didn't know. I didn't know it was control. broken. I just just like oh, I got punched in the face. Whatever. And uh, you know, as years pass, when you don't correct that, I was having breathing issues. I was having insomnia. So on top of again having body dysmorphia and not sleeping, I literally felt like I was losing my mind and going crazy and uh, finally looked into uh, having it corrected. So I did that oh, when I was 24. That must and have helped. So that's 10 years. Well, yeah, about 10 years that I lived with a broken nose. Oof. And when I had it corrected, uh, you know, I felt pretty good after. I felt like normal and well, a bit more balanced, I guess not normal, but it felt a bit more balanced and, and more confident. And, uh, I don't know. I wasn't very happy with the surgery, and if you, I don't know if you're familiar with cosmetic surgery at all. But if you, I don't know if it's the same everywhere. But if you basically don't like what the surgeon did, you can typically go back to the surgeon, or um, at least where I live, and get them to correct it for free, or at, or at a, a discounted rate, or whatever. It's like you might have to pay for anesthesia. So a year or two passed, and I just kind of consulted with him again and said, "Look, I'm not very." happy like you did a great job fixing the broken bone and everything but I just not very happy with how it looks and if this is how it's going to look for the rest of my life like I would I'm considering another surgery and so I went ahead and did that a year and a half ago so I've gone through some 
physical changes on top of like trying to balance myself mentally. And um, I have to say, I'm not, uh, not promoting cosmetic surgery to enhance beauty, but definitely if there's something that's bugging uh, an individual, I, I think it's worth looking into. Uh, like I've had moles removed on my back too. I had a really big mole and, and they made sure it wasn't cancerous too, but I also didn't like wearing tank tops for that reason. Right. So there was a couple physical things that I didn't enjoy about myself that I actually really, really wanted to correct. Not, not just for cosmetic reasons. I also couldn't sleep because uh, my breathing was impaired, but that was just a bonus that he was able to kind of make my nose look a little better. Wow. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so, here's, here's the thing that, that, that is really striking to me in this conversation is that on one level, you, you have suffered from an actual disorder that makes this stuff such a struggle, but it also seems like between your descriptions of uh, how you treat people when you're giving them a makeover, the way that you think about cosmetic surgery, it also feels like there's some elements by which, well, I'm not going to let this control me, and the way I will do that is by really taking the reins and controlling it. You know what I mean? Of Almost like... I'm I'm going to like I would imagine when someone comes in to, and realizes they're getting makeover and they don't feel good and they start talking to you they must sense pretty quickly oh it's good this person's not trying to like hustle and and sell me too hard on stuff because your mentality is one of really wanting to help and showing this can be something that's almost uh puts the choice back in your hands of how you're going to feel about yourself I think that's pretty cool yeah, I try again. Um, well, a big reason why I'm like a huge longtime fan of this podcast too is because I'm extremely empathetic in um, just having uh, gone through a lot of different experiences and uh, having those feelings. Um, it's it can be overwhelming. I'm an also intuitive individual. Um, I know when someone's going to steal at work. I know when <laughs> uh, you know someone gives off bad energy, and I, sometimes it's really hard for me to kind of shake that stuff off. But I'm uh, you know, an, an intuitive individual. And I, I know when someone wants to make over done too, that um, if they're not feeling exactly comfortable and uh, to communicate with that, cause I can feel it. I can sense it. I've dealt with many different um, clientele. Um, one of my first makeovers when I first started at this job was a, a newly uh, transgender woman. And she, she asked me to, I don't, I, I can we kind of position ourselves. So, not many people can see us. I'm just very insecure. And I 100% related because I've been there. I've been in that situation. And um, after we were done, they, 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 they felt so good and comfortable with me. And I see them all the time now. And uh, it's just nice to make that connection with someone. And, and like you said, not kind of hustle them out and be like, okay, buy our stuff and, and get out. Cause I'm, I'm by no means like that. Maybe in theater, just cause it's like, okay, you have to be on stage in 15 minutes. Right. But, There's a deadline um, on that. Theater makeup doesn't have to be perfect. It's just, just to kind of look good from a distance. But, right. Right. It's a yeah. lot, it's a lot more about like, Hey, we're going to, uh, you're someone who has, has not been, you're, you're someone like, if you're someone who feels maybe judged or boxed in, it, it, it sounds like you're going like, no, we're going to sit down and the, you're going to be able to sort of like, tell your own story moving forward. Like we're going to, here's, here's what we're going to do. What do you feel good about? Let's go figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. Like I like to ask people too, um, if they're, you know, if there's something in particular they want to focus on. Um, I had a makeover last week where a woman just needed makeup for a photo ID. That was it. Just, just for a photo ID. Simple and as that. Uh, she said, can we focus more on my eyes though? 
and I can uh, I like being able to to focus on their needs or um, they have something that they're you know looking to uh, I don't want to say cover up but I, I I like to enhance rather than just like make makeup so heavy and, and have someone be unrecognizable. Right. Although yes, I love drag makeup. I, I I think it's wonderful. I've done it on on men before. Um, it's so much fun. But I also um, when someone's you know just from my personal perspective, I don't want to just cover it up. I want to still feel like myself, but just enhance it. And there's a lot of ways you can do that even without makeup. Um, that's just been a, a big way for me to kind of explore that on my journey too. And again, after having. Uh, corrected surgery. It was just kind of like, okay, like I feel a little bit more like myself. I don't have a big, huge uh, bump and, you know, dent in my nose anymore. Like it was kind of like, I guess the best I can describe it, it's kind of like Owen Wilson's nose. Um, and now it's a, a, a very straight and, and narrow and a bit more, you know, defined, which is, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with it. So you walked around but, for 10 years with a shattered nose. Yes. Wow. I couldn't Brutal. sleep on my right uh, right side because I wouldn't be able to breathe. Wow. Were you punk rocker yeah. you in the mosh pits? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I was like, I went through my emo goth phase. That's kind of the whole, you know, I'm ugly and I'm misunderstood and I'm going to dye my hair black and wear lots of eyeliner. And yep, it was a phase for about, I want to say, four-ish years. And yeah, that happened when I was 15. <laughs> Did not know it was broken. Ouch. And there wasn't even many people in the mosh pit. Literally, it was like a pretty sparse mosh pit. And a girl just yeah. punched me in the nose for no reason. But listen, I've been to enough punk shows. Sometimes when you go into the small ones, that's when people really uh, start to target people. It's a big mosh yeah. pit. Somebody falls down. Somebody else picks you up. But then you get some of these kooks who want to just be violent for violence's sake. And that's not what yeah. it's about, man. It's so well, sometimes, um, I don't know. Do you ever feel like maybe you meet someone and you're just like, I don't know what I did or why, but this person just doesn't like me. Yeah, that and happens I feel like to me it's one all of those the time. Situations where this girl is just like, I don't like this girl. I'm going to punch her in the face. Yeah, that's being a teenager too, right? Just these like yep. raging. It's so funny. We keep you brought just brought up. You know, you brought up drag culture. You brought up goth culture. I brought up punk, which I I have a, a lot of background in. And it's so funny. Those are all cultures that you like. Even theater in a certain way, but but less in a, a self defining sense, like. Those are all cultures that sort of say how I feel on the inside is not how I look on the outside, and I'm going to correct that. I'm going to show you how I feel on the inside. Absolutely, it's a like it's a transformative tool, and you certainly you can go on stage without makeup on, but when you have it on, um, like I'll just give you an idea of a show. I've done Rocky Horror Picture Show. Imagine a Frankenfurter going on stage without makeup on. Yeah, no thanks. Sounds like a weak production. Like Sounds like a watered great, down production. But yeah, it would be it would be a production with almost no budget or the actor showed up late or no ambition but, <laughs> or a vis visionless directing yes it's a transformative tool and um yeah it's uh, out of all of them i mean i don't like going to shows as much just um i don't know no, like loud loudness and crowds still kind of like <laughs> make me not feel nervous but i just like i'm just like oh, i just want to be at home and yeah watch drag race or like watch just be alone and or yeah listen to podcasts or just Watch, wash my makeup brushes. I don't know. I just want to do, I just want to be an, an adult, really. Not that going to shows isn't being an adult, but I just kind of, kind of phased out of that. But theater um, definitely changed my life. I started out of nowhere doing makeup for that. Uh, 
three years ago, I before I was working in a cosmetic department, I was like a sandwich. I was literally a sandwich, a sandwich lady at uh-huh. a university cafeteria. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Not glamorous, but yeah, I did still have nice makeup. Girls would compliment me all the time, and there is nothing wrong with that. But I was just like, I hate this. I don't want to make sandwiches. Uh-huh. Um, and I would talk about uh, makeup with another coworker. There's a really good like special effects TV show called um, Face Off, and uh, we would talk about it and like talk about who got eliminated and stuff because it's a, a competitive show and it's really cool. More than just like um, beauty makeup, it's it's special effects. It's really cool. And you you actually learn stuff when you watch it. And just out of nowhere, she asked me if I wanted to help on a production. And at this time I had no kit, no brushes, nothing. And I I said, yes, just because I was like, oh, sure. And uh, just fell in love with it. It was immediately welcomed and just had that feeling of like, these are my people because everyone was so weird, but like accepting and, and fun and kind. And uh, it, it was, it's thrilling. Um, and I'm sure, you know, too, like being in a production and seeing it all come together and, and being part of that, like it's, it's a really big like rush of, of adrenaline. Yeah. And after doing that, yeah, I've done it for, for a solid three year, years now. I usually do about, I try to do a production a month, sometimes two, if, if, if it overlaps, but to this year I've kind of chilled out a little bit. I've only done, uh, one this year, two. Sorry, two. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. I tell changed you, my life. I really, I really enjoy it. Um, meeting the people have, has opened me up a bit more and uh, made me uh, again just keeps me being a caring individual and always empathetic. It's awesome. Good listener. I might not open up as much all the way in now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is my this is my makeover. <laughs> That's awesome. I tell you what, I think I, I don't know if it's running anywhere. They've toured it around a few different cities. I saw it at the Brooklyn Museum. I feel like you in particular would love it. A couple months ago, I went and saw this uh, David Bowie exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. Oh my god! Yes, I oh. saw it. I've seen pictures. Oh, it was and, good. Oh, and like yeah, the the conceptualization that he put into all of his looks and the makeup, the face charts, like it was eye opening. You I, were supposed to take pictures, but somebody like snuck them and put them on Tumblr or something. Uh, they were beautiful. I'm glad other people get to see. That's a bummer though if they ask you not to. But it's it's funny because I always liked David Bowie's hits. I, I liked some of the music. Some of it was like with my music. It was like I I like theatrical stuff, but it almost went a little too far in that direction. But I I went to that exhibit and I was like, oh, I never got it. It wasn't just about the music. He was, he almost didn't even consider himself a musician. Like it was a full package. It was costumes, it was makeup, it was characters, it was you know certain certain tours pushed a certain level of androgyny. It was everything was a stylistic choice. It related back to you know German theater from the. 20s and 30s it was just everything was about you like presentation how can i package this and present this where i as a human in the middle of it am just Absolutely. taking stands over and over it's so cool it was so cool i was like i get it a little more now i get it a little more now i get why yeah. people obsess over like, this you get what you pay for really and he i like i've watched a, a bunch of documentaries i'm a, i'm a pretty big bowie fan um never got to see him live but um 
he, uh, I found out he retired his Ziggy Stardust persona on my birthday, July 3rd. Look at that. Yeah. That's a real connection right there. Yeah, it's also Tom Cruise's birthday. Wow. That less seems like it ties in less to what we're talking about. Yeah. Overall. What's, okay, that's, this is really random. We don't have to talk about astrology. What's your uh, zodiac sign? Gemini. Gemini. Cool. I'm a cancer. <laughs> okay, we don't have to talk about astrology, though. I, I feel like that, that's, no, we don't have to talk about it. Anyway. <laughs> we can. We can talk about whatever um, you want. I was going to say, too, I, I love Bowie. And another one, if you are familiar with her work at all, is Kate Bush. And she, in my opinion, is like the almost like the female Bowie. She was even trained by the same uh, dancer that trained Bowie how to mime and dance on stage. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And she's I, a, a UK female like pop artist. And she also came out in the 70s. And uh, she's amazing. That's I don't know, incredible. You probably heard Withering Heights or... Yeah, I know. Someone do that karaoke or something. I know a little bit. Yeah, I have friends who are obsessed with Kate Bush, but once yeah, again, I'm one of those people. I missed the boat on the cultural stuff, but I'm a big Morrissey fan, and there's someone who also like packaged image as much as music. Yeah, who else? True. Same with I, well, I don't know Robert Smith too, and I don't know. Absolutely. I would hate, do Morrissey and Robert. They hate, actually hate each other. Hate each other with a burning fiery passion. Do they actually? I thought it was a, like an ongoing joke. No, I, I believe it's real. I believe Robert Smith once had a quote, uh, when I found out Morrissey was a vegetarian, it made me want to eat meat. Oh, no. Yeah, he does not like, they do I'm not like vegetarian. each other. I'm a pescatarian. I gotta, I gotta shit or get off the pot on that. <laughs> I gotta stop with the fish. It's so good, though. Yeah. It is. And yeah. it, I, I, uh, I remember when I was a kid, when I was first getting into punk, there was a documentary called Another State of Mind, which... It was pretty good. It followed a couple of bands on tour. I don't know if it holds up. But I'm going to write it down. When I was 15, I was obsessed with it. Um, but Social Distortion is one of the bands they follow. And Mike Ness has this beautiful speech about why he wears eyeliner, where he's like, he basically is just like, I feel like someone who is a cast off. And when I deal with bullies and I deal with jocks, I know they think I'm a freak. And if they want to see me that way, I'm going to go ahead and draw on a line in the sand. And I'm going to be that and I'm going to own it. And to say, yeah, you're right. I am different from you. And if you want to be hateful towards me, that's on you. That's not on me. But I'm not going to apologize for who I am anymore. And he had this whole philosophy about why he puts on eyeliner as a punk. And I remember watching that at the age of 15 and being like, wow, yes, yes, yes. You got to stop apologizing. You got to stop apologizing. And when you manage to stop apologizing, you let your guard down. That is very often when all of a sudden people are like, hey. What's up with you? It's fun. I spent my whole life feeling, uh, you want to hear something sad? You want to hear something sad but beautiful? Actually, it's not sad at all. It's beautiful. I will, yeah. uh, when I do stand-up, I will very often make self-deprecating jokes about my appearance. And my wife, just about a month ago, said to me, I don't understand why people laugh at those jokes. I think you're really handsome. And it made me... Uh, I'm starting to cry a little bit right now talking about it. No. A little bit. What a nice thing to have somebody say. Because I can make all the self-deprecating jokes I want. They come from somewhere when I'm making fun of my own appearance. She goes, I don't get why people laugh at that. You're handsome. I was like, man, yeah, I, I think when love you, my wife. Uh, open up and, and kind of make a joke about it, that makes people think, oh, it's okay. Um, and again, even... Like, yeah, as a kid too, if, I'm, if I made a joke about my nose or something too, maybe someone else... Might have, and then I'm like, "Hey, that's not that's not cool. That hurts my feelings." Right. But because you made a joke previously, they 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 thought it was okay. 
Well, and yeah, the- do, doing a joke about it. Um, and people paying to go see a show, they they think, here's where we laugh. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's it's one of those things, one of the instincts, right? I'll get there for it. I'll make a joke about my nose before you can so that I have the power and you don't. But yeah, it's, and then it just gets into the wrong person's mind and they and they 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 know, oh, that's her weakness. Like Right. We know like we have dirt against you sort yeah. of thing. You we just, know we know where it can get you. You gave no, us not the much, ammunition. Not much can really really bug me. Like I I done a lot to to help with that. But yeah, you have to you have to be kind to yourself, Chris. Yeah, and you do as well person whose name I will never know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. We all do. Got to be kind to yourself. Yeah, it's hard. Um I don't know. Yeah, RuPaul says you are not your thoughts. So don't let don't really don't let those dig into you. Um do do nice things to make yourself feel better. Like, yeah, you're into jujitsu, and I wanted to do that a few years ago, but I just the gym membership was too much money, so I never did. But I did really, really want to do it because I I thought about yeah being stronger and stuff, and I consulted with a couple people and a friend like I wanted to do karate or kickboxing or something. He's like, no, you should do jujitsu. It's like actually useful. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. So I'm still I would still consider it if there was a different. Uh, training studio or something it's but, fun it's funny you bring that up i wonder how you feel about that because it, it, i uh i got really dead i came back a year ago i had done it for a few years i stopped and then came back and i was watching i tell you i can't watch back episodes of my tv show because i see my gut that was a good episode though i i see mike thanks so much yeah that was i had fun with those dudes those dudes were <laughs> They're like the best. They're the best in the world, and I got to fight them. It was awesome. It was, it's like an honor. But I, I tell you, I have such a gut, and I can see it. When I did career suicide, I had this. You know, I was doing it off Broadway, and the New York Times reviewed it, and they gave me this pretty glowing review. And the only line that I could see was they said that I had a pot belly. It's the only Why thing. Why even mention that? I don't know how it applied to my show about no, my feelings. No, it doesn't feelings. at all. Unless you were like a singer or something and that like helped with singing, but yeah. no. Who cares about any of this? No, way. it's unnecessary. They're just digging. Again, digging. Grasping yeah. at straws, as they say. Um, but no. I, you feel better, though? Well, I've lost weight, I I've, think. Do I've lost 20 think? pounds. I've lost 20 Holy pounds shit. in like 10 months. And there's a part of me Whoa. that's like, uh, there's a part of me that's like, am I, am I giving in to the insecurity or the judgment of others, or am I kind of taking the reins, changing things about myself in a way that I really love, and uh, in a way that's healthy? It's always so hard to walk that line, yeah. you know. I don't think it's like it could be subconscious too. If you're just making again more effort, and you're not like, hey, I'm gonna fast for a day, or like yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? It's just if you're just doing it naturally by doing jujitsu. You're not obsessing over it. Um, I used to do like a hundred uh, crunches a day. Like I would work out five days a week. And and I think a lot of it too was just taking my mind off of things. Cause literally when you're working out and you might relate with jujitsu, you don't have time to think about other stuff. Yeah, You're thinking about not getting hurt, thinking about being balanced and keeping your core tight. Like you don't have time for intrusive thoughts. Like literally if I'm doing uh 
like squats or, or anything like that. Um, I, if I unfocus my mind for a second, I'll lose my balance and I start to fall over. Right. So that's why I liked working out because I'm like, I don't have time to think about anything <laughs> yes. else. This is great. Similar with jujitsu. I'm like, man, like I, between like my insecurities and also my career pressure, I always put on myself. I'm like, it's the one time a day where I know I'm going to be able to turn that off because you can't worry about any of that when some 23-year-old aspiring UFC fighter is trying to choke you unconscious. Like You better yeah. focus on that first. Yeah. And then at the end it's, of it, I've lost weight. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a really good, it's like, you know, therapeutic and also good physical activity. Health. I want to yeah, ask I you, can I, yeah, ask, I want to ask you something about body dysmorphia that I'm interested yeah. in. And it relates to something we were talking about before. So it, it's it's a mental disorder, and I've I've spoken very publicly about my own. I know those are things that are just kind of in you, and you got to deal with them and learn how to coexist with them. But I also wonder: is there anything that you or your therapist has relayed to you, or or research that you might know about? Like as far as being a woman, like I would imagine, because I'm talking about all my insecurities, and I'm I have to walk a much easier path. There's just, I think, more pressure on this stuff with females, which is very unfair. Like in a world that puts that pressure, in a world where it's like, hey, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is out again and it's just all these people and it's airbrushed and these images of perfection that are held up. Is it a chicken and egg thing? Like do you feel like there's – does body dysmorphia always – like can it be compounded by that? Can it be caused by that? Or is it something that's always sort of in the brain? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like genetic, but definitely when you're younger, you know, um, like I said, my mom was like, not, she was never, I think purposely hurtful, but she definitely had that tough love attitude. So sometimes if I was like, you know, eating something, she might be like, oh, you better watch it. Or like when you're my age, like you look like this. And it's like, but you also had four kids and I'm only 15. Like, so she did have kind of, I think, an influence on it a little bit um, and bullying and all that stuff and certainly uh, advertising. Um, But I never like I did. I did honestly just yeah after getting into like, you know, being emo and goth, I thought like I just like you said, makeup was fun. And I thought it was really fun to, to play with it. And now look at me. I'm a makeup artist. Like it certainly helped me to build my skills. But definitely I think there was a good influence from my surroundings. And, um, you know, family is a, is a huge thing, uh, huge, like, uh, high school too, just, uh, people are, are so hard on each other and not even hard, rude, so evil, almost just unapologetically. And it had a, it had a really big, uh, strain on an impact on, on how and why I, it just kept developing. Like it just wouldn't stop. And I don't think if I had isolated myself that it would have, but I think it, it just would have made it worse in the long run. Right. Um, right. So I've, I think I've almost built up a bit of a, a tolerance to it at some point. But in my in the last maybe, I want to say 10 years, again, I'm 28, I, or let's, let's narrow it down to seven. Uh, I have not been like picked on really or had anyone say anything unwarranted in in explicitly rude about my physical appearance and when I do when they do I just you can shut them down and or like how you said the the article mentioned something that was unnecessary I kind of I don't I I like to hold back now or not hold back I like to kind of 
speak up against it. Because that's the whole big thing about cyberbullying and bullying is that you, you can't let people get away with it. Yeah. So I try to tell people, is that, ne- is that necessary to have said? Or, or if you say something like, oh, I don't think that looks good on you. Or, you know, my mom still does stuff like that, too. And I just kind of go, thanks, mom. Like, that's just your... your uh, I like using the quote from um, uh, the Big Lebowski. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> like, I love... <laughs> it's, re- it's relatable. One of so the many fantastic quotes opinion. from the Big Lebowski. One of the many fantastic quotes from the Big Lebowski, which is, in my opinion, one of the great (laughs) films of all time. It is. It's it's true, though. Like that is, you are entitled to your opinion, but also, was it necessary to have mentioned? And I try when, even when, I don't know. I get people that come in and and kind of help themselves to makeup testers, and they come up and go like, "Oh, how do I look?" And I just go, "I don't want to be like, well, you could have stayed in the lines a bit more." I'm like, they're trying at least. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Be nitpicky. I do have very, like, again, uh, body dysmorphia makes you very um, aware of things, like, and you can see every little, like, I don't know. I also hope that, like, I don't wear glasses and I have very good vision so I can literally see everything. It's not like I'm just going about blindly and not really knowing how I look. I, I can see everything. And uh, and I, I try not to reflect that on other people because it's, it's, it's not my business unless they really, really begged me to, to tell them Then I would give them my a kind professional opinion. Right. But, um, uh, you mentioned, yes, through therapy too. I don't, okay, I don't know if it, if we really got into, if it was like genetic or not, I don't, I, I would like to do maybe more research and figure that out. But, um, for anyone, uh, curious about how to correct it, one of the best things to do for yourself is, um, Cognitive behavior therapy, and they use it for people yep. with OCD. Yep. Yep. My uh, my sh- my shrink has roots and and CBT, and I think it's great. For anyone who doesn't know, I would also give it a big thumbs up. It's uh, my understanding is that cognitive behavioral therapy is less about discussing your childhood and more about let's come up with some practical, yeah, practical strategies that you can change right now in small ways that will help you get to a point where you're uh, changing some some bigger things and it's, it's an very action cool plan it's uh it's cognitive behavior therapy so it's correcting um how you approach again certain thoughts or behaviors and yeah we we went through a little bit with him and again she did go on maternity leave which really sucked but again that was, <laughs> it was a while ago so maybe i'd call her up and just kind of check in with her and be like hey like i'm doing much better now but she you know was off to have her first child so I was happy for her, but also kind of sad that we, it was like, I didn't know she was pregnant when we started. And then just, she kind of must have been about five or six months. And then further on into our therapy, she just was like really pregnant. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> so that's just like, okay. It must be a tough part of being a shrink where you, there's so many people in her life who are like, I need you. You can't, yeah. you, you can't. How can you go was, and have a real life? It was a little, I need you, you know, it was a little sad on our of last course. session. It was kind of just like, I, I would go a couple of times a, a week and um, yeah, our last session was just kind of cut short and just like, well, have a wonderful new adventure. And yeah. I'd like, I'd like to maybe uh, check into it more, but as I mentioned, I'm not struggling as much. I definitely have my, 
my week typically uh, as a woman, it's common to get it maybe uh, a week or two before your cycle starts. So mm-hmm. kind of in that right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's okay. I tell you what, I'll get through it. I tell you what, the number one regret I have, my life is very fun and very easy. And I kind of hate when entertainers, especially comedians, um, talk about how hard it is. There's, it's not that hard. There's people who, there's people in coal mines who, who put their lives on the line. It's not that hard. That being said, if there's one thing I don't like about being a public figure, it's that people on the internet feel total freedom to let me know what they think about my physical appearance. And that is not great. Yeah, I noticed that um, I love Paul Shear. I'm a huge Paul Shear fan. And he gets that so much on his Instagram. And he actually like had to make a public announcement about it on one of the mini episodes he said it. Or, or or a post or something. He did a he did a big thing about it or, or something where he's like, yeah, I know I used to have hair. Like it's kind of weird that you guys make those comments. Like I was born without it, and like you can tell that he's just sick of hearing like, oh, you had hair before. Like I actually think he looks he he looks great now. Him and June both they look fabulous. So, um, I yeah, it's just stupid. And even for me, uh, social media is still like you kind of have to have it when you're working in. Uh, and trying to build clients and stuff, but I have a, a private account and, and I don't let, I don't let it be open to the public because I don't want people uh, saying stuff like that. I don't want, uh, you know, bots following me and, and posting promotions for shit. I don't need, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I feel sorry for you. And I am, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. People have to, to feel like they, you know, are entitled to saying stuff like that. For anyone, nah, it's all think good. about I mean, I any celebrity up who's it. just walking around. Uh, they just want to go get coffee in the morning, and then there's paparazzi taking pictures of them without makeup on. Maybe they feel good without makeup on, but then they they sell it to a magazine. Yeah, or or a big joke. it with a photo editing tool so that they look worse than they actually do. And like these are people that can afford good good skincare and 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 stuff. So I just I find it. Paparazzi got to make a buck, though. They got to make a buck. Got to sell the tabloids. Can you do? I have people. Sometimes people people will say uh, they'll be like, "Oh, you have weird looking hands," or they'll be like, "Oh, Gethard's hand, Gethard, your hands freak me out." I'm like, I was born with like a joint condition. Chill out. And that's something. Calm down. Aren't really something you can't fix. Like if you have big feet, like and big hands, you can't really fix them like that's just how it is if it, if there's a joint problem you could probably get a, a, again like some sort of corrective surgery to to fix that but it's not gonna you can't be like i'm my feet are size 12 and i want them to be a seven yeah but you can't yeah and it's also like where is this logic leap with the internet where someone sees my hands goes those freak me out but then also goes you know what i'm gonna do Bust out the phone, go to his profile, and make sure he knows it. Like, what is that step all about, people? I don't know. And Think I, it to I yourself. To see, I used to see stuff about that all the time. Like, there was a, I think it was a meme or something that was like, before you write that angry comment or, like, rude comment and press send or, or enter, um, really think about what brought you here. Like, why are you doing this? And maybe, and they literally said, maybe go do a face mask and have a bath. Like, yeah. Think about like why are you doing this? I had a guy once message me that he thought I was ugly. It was on Facebook, and I saw in his profile picture he was holding a baby, 
And I wrote back and I was like, dude, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, you said that. Like, you have a baby. Like, why are you yeah. doing this? Have I talked about that on Beautiful Anonymous before? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? What is this example you're setting? And he was like, yeah, you know, I have a really sad life, actually. I'm like, oh, that's why you lash out on the internet. I get it. Exactly. At least he, at least he opened up and was just, wasn't like, you know, trolling you. Like, yeah. yeah you, you made him introspective. I'd like that's to good. say something very schmaltzy, something very cheesy, but something that I mean. Okay. You've been telling me about body dysmorphia about these feelings of, of insecurity, about your nose, your body growing up, how you felt a need to sort of hide from the world for a long time. And one of the very convenient things about this podcast is that I do not see you. I only hear you. But I can say, no matter what you look like, I think you're a pretty beautiful person. Oh, thank you, Chris. I think you've said a lot Don't of, make me cry. I think you've said a lot of very uh, smart stuff that's going to hit home with a lot of people yeah, and have a like, lot of meaning. I, I do think it's great that you guys posted it. I've literally tried to call dozens of times. Uh, I think I even had the number in my phone uh, so that I could just, instead of having to look it up every time, I, would, I could just call the contact and then it wouldn't get through. Um, I've submitted on, on stuff for the Gathered Show too. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I relate and I think, uh, I think you're awesome. Well, thank and I really, you. That makes me feel really good, Chris. Yeah, because I tell it's you... It's hard. I have, again, I have good days. I have bad days. Um, and I try not to focus on my uh, physical appearance. I know it's definitely my image is part of my job, but it's it's not who I am. I'm a kind person. Uh, I do think I'm moderately intelligent. And uh, and I, I have a, just a really deep uh, intuition and empathy for people. So my biggest thing is, is just listening and, and making sure that I know, you know, how to really connect with the person. And, and I, you know, I spent my whole life developing it. Maybe body, body dysmorphia helped out a bit um, rather than just making me like crazy. And I mean, I don't have the money to get, you know, thousands of surgeries and I haven't really considered getting much more. I mean, I think I'd get like knee braces. That'd be cool. And again, that's a big thing too. People used to judge people for wanting cosmetic surgery, but um, braces are cosmetic surgery. You don't really need it, but like it certainly helps straighten out your teeth. And 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 I don't know much too much about it, but it would you know it's it's something that makes you feel better about yourself. And I don't see a nose job being much different from getting braces. Like it, if it's going to help you and make you a better person, um, it's cer- certainly made me. Um, a lot kinder and, and open to talk about it with people because I, I'm, I don't want to be ashamed of making a decision like that. And, and I would never shame anyone for that uh, either. Yeah, no way. I mean, you read stories about people who like, sometimes will see like, oh, the, this woman has had, wants to look like Barbie and has had 450 plastic surgeries. And you're like, well, that's, that's pathological. That's a problem. Um, but I think like you're oh, saying. Clickbait could just be Photoshop pictures. Could be. Who knows? You never know with this uh, digital world we live in. But like you're saying, some someone who has a uh, a broken nose or someone who has a uh, something that's leading to a, a long-term insecurity and you can get it fixed, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's a healthy choice that you think hard about, do for the right reasons. Yeah, like I had friends in elementary school that would say, if you well, and again, my nose was always a bit larger, but um, once it was broken, it was again Owen Wilson. It was big, and 
Um, and they, and even then I still didn't really like it cause I just, I didn't look like my sisters. They had cute little petite noses and, and, uh, I don't know. I felt like a black sheep and I had friends when I had talked about it because I didn't want to just keep it in. They, they, like I had friends that literally said, if you get that done, I don't think we could be friends with you anymore. And at oh. least they were trying to say like, we just want you to be yourself. We don't want you to change, but there were kinder ways to word it. Sure. Like maybe if you go ahead with that, like we support you, but I'm just saying you don't need it. And when I talked to my mom finally about it, because I needed her to drive me to the hospital and and everything, um, she was 100% support. That's the biggest thing is that she may have caused me a little bit of of grief and uh, and just trying to uh, accept who who I was naturally. But she was very supportive of, of helping me get to where I needed to go. She even helped me gather money for the surgery. She was... Very, very supportive and still is to this day. She just, you know, she's, it's a different generation. So they have that tough love mentality. Tell you, we have about 45 seconds left. Oh my God. I really want to thank you for calling and talking about this stuff because I know uh, if you have a disorder that makes you kind of want to hide from the world, it's very hard to stand up and talk about it. And I really applaud you for doing so. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think people should hide. I think it's very important to speak up about it. And luckily there's, lots of resources online and that certainly helped me kind of looking into it and then really seeing that therapy uh, was very, very helpful in kind of getting me to where I am today and working where I work helped as well too. And still, still does. I love it. Most days. I think you're super cool. Thanks for calling the show. Oh, you're so cool too, Chris. Thank you. Caller. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting us know about a lot of the stuff you've thought about in life, a lot of the stuff you've struggled with, a lot of the things you've wrapped your head around, and also the ways in which you uh, are coming to own them more and more and help other people own them. It's very cool of you to open up. Let us know all about it. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. And again, thank you to Ulta Beauty for presenting this episode with limited interruptions. I thought it was very uh, very nice of them to reach out, say, let's uh, team up, do a whole episode together. And they allowed us to do it in a way that had some, uh, some integrity to it. It didn't turn into one of those things where they were trying to push us around because they're a cool company. And I want everybody to remember that Ulta Beauty. Whether you're ready to run the town, rock a certain look, or tell your story, Ulta Beauty's here to help you show it to the world. Visit Ulta.com to learn more. Find an Ulta Beauty near you. That's ULTA.com. The possibilities are beautiful. You know what thing? I, one thing I really love about Ulta Beauty that they've made clear that they're one of their main missions is to uh, celebrate the idea that everyone can define whatever and whoever they want to be. It's one of the main mission statements they have. I think that fits really well with a lot of the calls we've had here over the years. Thanks to Jared O'Connell. Thanks to Harry Nelson. Thanks to Alex De Palma. Thank you to Justin Linville. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. I'm always out on the road. ChrisGeth.com, where you can find all those dates. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the show when you do. We'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, you'll you'll hear this and more. I love therapy, but I've never done wilderness therapy. What's that? We take kids who... You know, maybe they've suffered some kind of trauma 
or they were caught shoplifting too many times or they're not going to school. And we put them in these small groups where they're out there for like 85 to like 100-ish days at a time. And it forces them into these situations that like pushes their negative pattern of responding to situations in ways that they can learn from their mistakes. Wow. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.